From the time we are born, we are placed in a bubble. It may be a result of where we are born, the people we are around, or the information we are given. Our mission here on the Sports is a Job podcast is to pop the bubble and help everyone realize they control their own path. We will interview people working in sports to share their story and provide our take on sport industry topics. Hosted by Colby Castillo and Olivia Poutine. Welcome to the Sports is a Job podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports is a Job podcast, Journey of the Working Sports Professional. My name is Colby Costello, and I bring to you another guest today, a different perspective, but a unique one for sure. I would like to introduce Dan Lust to the podcast. If you could please introduce yourself again and let everybody know what it is you currently do. Cool. Um, So as Colby mentioned, my name is Dan Lust. Uh, I'm an attorney based out of New York. Um, I'm happy to get into a little bit about my story today, but the reason Colby asked me to come on the podcast, um, you know, in the past, uh, we'll say past year or so, I've really carved out this niche in the uh, sports universe as a sports law uh, analyst. Um, Some people incorrectly say sports law expert. I'm not that smart, but I do give my analysis on kind of the intersection between sports and law. It could happen with the contract negotiation, with the collective bargaining agreement issue. Or even just as simple as, you know, uh, in theory, could Rudy Gobert get sued for giving coronavirus to anybody else in the Utah Jazz? So um, you've heard of sports business experts, um, but there is now a new niche of sports law that I'm I'm trying to uh, kind of uh, introduce the world to and carve out on my own. Definitely. And there's that tweet you pinned on your profile, how you were saying kind of like sports games is frozen, but sports law never takes a hiatus or takes a break. So that's a very interesting thing. Now, what was your first taste of sports? Because I did notice, you know, in your bio and your experience, you kind of did a, a PR relations with the New York Giants. Was that your first experience within sports? Sports probably as a, as a career arc. Um, but uh, I think probably – actually, yeah. I mean, my first job getting paid to do anything in sports was with the New York Giants. Um, the only reason I have some hesitancy in saying it, like I've always been um, – and I'm sure people that are listening to this, some people are probably in high school, maybe even younger, maybe older. I was uh, at my fraternity. I was the athletics chair. I was always doing something in sports, even just like, you know, I, I consider myself a very good soccer player. I was not a good basketball player, but I was like, you know, all my, my friends were on the basketball team. I wanted to travel team. So I was the manager for the basketball team. Like I've always found uh, some role in sports. So, but uh, all of those various connections I made over the years and, different acumen I picked up that that led to my first job with the Giants now what you currently do your attorney uh, attorney was that what you wanted to always do or was there some point you know in your life where you wanted to work in sports because it seems you do have that sports background and then you kind of brought it back in the past couple years which you saying carving out your niche yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll give you the, the path, which, you know, for this podcast, I hopefully will be very helpful. Um, I was in, uh, in college as a sophomore, and I, you know, I didn't really know what, exactly what I wanted to do. I really liked sports. I come from a family of lawyers, so law was an option, but I really liked sports. My sophomore year of college, I got this job. I got a job interview with the Giants, and, uh, you know, the Giants had, New York Giants had their training camp up in Albany, New York, which was right where I went to school in Schenectady. It was the town over. So they were looking for someone that obviously knew football, that, you know, knew the Giants team, the players, coaches, the whole setup, but also that knew the area. So, you know, obviously I knew a lot of sports, but I knew the area well. So uh, for 
really for parts of five years, uh, five seasons, I worked for the Giants in their public relations department. Um, and, uh, you know, after the first two years, I had a decision when I was graduating college, if I was going to really continue just working in sports, or if I was going to go to law school and, and try to further myself like that. So um, as I'm sure, you know, all of us do, we, I consulted with my parents and I said, I have this kind of in with the Giants. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun job, but I don't, I don't really know how far it can take me. It's just PR. It's not, you know, I always wanted to be, you know, I always had dreams of being like a general manager or like a sports agent. So um, what my mom said, who was, you know, she gave me the right advice. She said, going to law school will never hurt your path in the law. It will only help you differentiate yourself having a JD or, you know, had I, I, I didn't think of going to business school, but you could have got a, an MBA. Um, and that would have only have kind of helped your ascent in, uh, in the law. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what I, I kind of said to myself, you know what, I'm not really, I don't, I'm not dying to be a trial lawyer, but I watch enough law and order. I'm like, worst case scenario, it doesn't seem so bad either. And that's interesting. I mean, for like you said, I think that's going to be super helpful for maybe people are in the same position as you. But then you, you, you go around, you, you know, you go about your career. And then like you said, in the past year or two, you've carved out this niche in the sport law. Um, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, I guess the, from a career building level, I, at every kind of level uh, that I've worked at. So I worked for the Giants. Um, when I went to law school, I started doing these. Um, they offer them in law school. and Probably a lot of people listening to this will, will have never heard what I'm about to say. Um, everyone's heard of uh, mock trial and debate club. When you get to law school, I don't, I don't think they do it in business school, but when you get to law school, they have these sports negotiation competitions. So you can play the role of an agent, of a general manager of like, uh, you know, an attorney for the NBA and NFL in a mock situation. And these competitions are judged um, by real sports attorneys. Um, you know, people that like, like I consider myself today, I would, you know, and I still do, I go judge these competitions. So a lot of these jobs uh, I got in sports, I got, you know, I worked for a baseball agency during law school. I worked for a team that, uh, you know, negotiated baseball contracts. I got all of these jobs really through connections I made at these, these mock negotiation competitions, meeting real, you know, judges, not real judges, but, you know, real attorneys in the field. So, um, you know, I had all these various connections, uh, you know, from working with the Giants and working in baseball that, uh, you know, I, I wasn't really working in sports, but I was still kind of, you know, on Twitter being active and writing stories when I saw something fit. So, Colby, when you're asking kind of when it, it took off, I mean, I had all my connections and my kind of network ready to go, but there was, um, I was watching, uh, Kobe, are you a basketball fan? Yeah, I'm, I'm a basketball fan. So I, uh, I'm a big basketball fan as well. I told you, I, I'm not, not very good at basketball, <laughs> but, but I do, uh, I do enjoy watching it. Um, I remember this time, right around this time last year, Kevin Durant was out with, uh, this injury that they were calling a, strained calf or hamstring no one was really sure what it was but whatever it was was serious enough to keep him out for you know the end of the I think they played the Blazers in round one they played the Rockets in round two and uh no Durant so I'm sitting there as a sports fan and I promise Colby I'm answering your question just gotta <laughs> give me a little leeway here um but I'm sitting as a sports fan and when Durant is coming back for for his return I'm like I don't really understand why he's coming back the guy's about to be a free agent that seems really weird and then I got into this, you know, this Twitter black hole of people, uh, you know, accusing the Warriors of forcing to come back early and all that. 
So, you know, I'm watching the game with all this in mind. And then, you know, Durant blows out his Achilles, you know, a couple minutes into the game. So I'm sitting there as an attorney. And in my legal world, you know, I do, I do a decent amount of sports work, sports cases. Um, but most of the stuff I do is just pure law. It's just, you know, pure, has nothing to do with sports. So Durant gets hurt. And, uh, you know, then I see, you know, the, the GM of the Warriors crying at the press conference and Kerr, you know, he looks a little, you know, disheveled and Curry's a little funny. So I'm like, it's interesting. I go, well, in my head, I'm like, well, what if the Warriors did force him back? And what if they, they lied to him and they, and they told him, you know, uh, there was no chance of you getting re-injured by playing in the game. Wouldn't that be kind of dirty if they led him into his free agency with, with the torn Achilles? So I sat there and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to research this like an attorney. And uh, when I popped up from my research, you know, I sat for a couple of hours and figured it out. I decided I was just going to write a very long article, assuming that that was true, that they forced him back. Could Kevin Durant sue the Warriors and how much could he sue them for? And when I finished all my research, I came up with a really sexy uh, title that was, uh, I think it was um, the anatomy of a $1 billion lawsuit, how Kevin Durant could sue the Golden State Warriors. So uh, you're smiling, Cole, but we're not, I know this, the podcast isn't on camera, but you're smiling because there was, a, there was something sexy and interesting about the way I mm -hmm. phrased it. And somehow it made its way to Darren Ravel, who's the head sports business reporter, you know, on Twitter and, and Instagram, everywhere else. He retweeted it. And then all of a sudden I had his stamp of approval that allowed me to get into a lot of doors I, I didn't otherwise have access to. I mean, that's interesting, man. And we, and going into that whole sexy thing, you mentioned something about your last name. Um, and it's in your bio, that kind of saying of for some sports is love and for others, it's lust. I mean, what was uh, the inspiration behind that? What's the uh, message you're trying to convey there? Um, so <laughs> let's just say that this is like my, my, I think I finally got the bio right. I've been working with a lot of iterations of it. I think this is the right one. I mean, I, I think it, it's tough for people to like, you know, understand being a lawyer, like, you know, most, I'm just, just be totally honest. A lot of lawyers are, are boring. Like a lot of reason people can't, you know, not every, there's a lot of lawyers that are sports fans, um, but not, you know, all of them can get in the radio and talk about it because they approach law in a very legalese in a very serious way. So, you know, I think the reason um, that I've developed some traction is that, you know, Colby, we've been on this for a couple minutes. I'm pretty funny, right? Like, I think I'm like a, a little, I'm not a normal attorney. And I'm like, you know what, I can't, I don't want to cheapen what I do and say that I tell cheap jokes and whatnot. But like, you know, it's not, I really, at the end of the day, I'm just a diehard sports fan that happens to have a law degree. So I thought that was a funny way of saying it. And then, you know, people might think that uh, there's some humor behind, uh, you know, <laughs> me lust, lusting sports with the last name like lust. I mean, that fits perfectly. And I think you put all the pieces, the puzzle pieces together. And Dan, I appreciate you taking your time to just give a short story and, and insight into your journey. Because again, like I was telling you, someone out there could, could say, hey, Maybe this is the path I want to go down towards, or maybe this is what I want to do. So now where can people find you on social media and really get that information of, of that and uh, you being the analysis of sports law, where can they consume that on? So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Like Colby, you, you and I don't know each other, but I, I'm always one that likes to help, you know, young people out. I remember when I was starting out um, and this is a true story. I, you know, I called up a lot of connections to try to get help, you know, making my way in the industry and with different jobs. And more often than not, I'd get a phone call with someone and maybe someone really high up in the field. But I felt like that person would go through the motions largely and just 
have a conversation, it would amount to nothing. So I, I encourage people um, when I, I, I'm very, uh, Colby, you've probably seen, I'm very active on, mm-hmm. on Twitter. I try to post at least four or five times a day. And I'm only, I really try to post just news so people can know where the outlet is. And if they want to start a conversation, just drop right in the replies. I think I have a really smart uh, audience that, that chimes in. Um, so I'm on Twitter at Sports Law Lost. I'm at uh, Instagram. I, had, I really just have a best of account, just like when I get my big retweets, like uh, like uh, Colby, you saw Bomani Jones retweeting me recently, um, Jay Adande. So I have a nice, um, I guess I have some ESPN eyeballs on me somewhere, which is nice. Um, and then uh, LinkedIn too, for any of those professionals, I post kind of longer stuff there. But, um, you know, my, my MO and for those that are trying to carve out a niche themselves, at a certain point, you got to have to decide, right? You can just kind of sit on, you know, you can sit on Twitter and scroll and like and retweet. But if you if you feel like you have a voice to add to the conversation, you got to make the decision to start being a contributor to the conversation. So you can always get me there if you if you're listening to this now and you want to reach out, and you have more questions or you're worrying about a particular issue, you're trying to write an article and you need to know how to phrase it. I'm I'm more than happy to help. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm at Sports Law Lust on really uh, any uh, any social media network. Other than TikTok, Colby, I'm not on TikTok. Other than TikTok, you might have to get it there. I mean, I think you might find uh, the kind of the the void to fill there. You could use some creative stuff on there. But Dan, I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully your wife doesn't hate me too much for keeping you away from dinner. But I appreciate it again. And everybody (laughs) out there, thank you for joining and taking the listen. And like we always say, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.